0: the last time we were with you Stephen began in the book of lamentations and he's going to finish his journey through that book today you may find it painful to recount your suffering but doing that can reveal the cause of the suffering and lead to healing. When you're suffering because of your own sin, the road to spiritual healing is clear. And it's illustrated for us in the final chapters of the Book of Lamentations.
1: Here's Stephen. Someone once said with a touch of humor that experience is the comb we receive after We've lost our hair. <laughs> well, I think there's truth in that. There's another old adage that goes like this experience is all that's left after we've lost everything else. That pretty much sums up the people of Judah, by the way, following the fall and destruction of Jerusalem. They've lost everything their nation, their capital, their temple, their land, their dignity, uh, their freedom. Uh, they've paid a high price for the lessons they've learned, and they've lost everything, but they've certainly gained experience and Let me tell you, you can learn a lot from experience, can't you it happens to be a great teacher, and if the survivors of of Judah are alert students, they're going to allow their experience to help them now on the path toward restoration and and that path is laid out for them by Jeremiah. Now, here in chapters 4 and 5 in this little book of Lamentations. The first step for the people of Judah is to remember how far they've fallen. Now, this might seem like a depressing homework assignment, but it will confront them with the reality of how far they've traveled away from God and God's Word, and, and, and frankly, they need to look around and realize how needy they are right now. Uh, Listen, beloved, God doesn't want them to become comfortable at a place they're not supposed to be. He doesn't want you to be comfortable or or me to be comfortable either. Now, in case the people don't have very good memories, Jeremiah begins to describe what they've lost. For instance, here in verse 1 of chapter 4, he writes, "...how the gold has grown dim, how the pure gold has changed." The holy stones lie scattered at the head of every street. In other words, their once great gold-covered temple is now in ruins. But it's not just about the temple here. What about the people? You know, even today we speak about some people being worth their weight in gold. Well, that expression comes right out of verse 2 where Jeremiah describes the people of Jerusalem here as the precious sons of zion worth their weight in fine gold and what about now well they're treated by their captors as if they are no more valuable than clay pots by the way the world is doing the same thing today your your life beloved is no more valuable to the world than a clay pot people want to use you and then throw you away but to god your creator Your value is like fine gold. By the way, when you walk with him, life itself has great value and meaning. Now, Jeremiah describes for his readers the horrors of their defeat by Babylon. He says here in verse 9, "'Happier were the victims of the sword than the victims of hunger.'" In other words, the siege of Jerusalem had brought the city such a terrible famine that we've learned already that these people resorted, if you can imagine it, to cannibalism. And as sickening as, as it is for the survivors to remember these things, it's important they do so. Like that, that prodigal son in the pig pen, he finally comes to his senses recognizes his humiliating condition. Well, the people of Judah also, they need to wake up in the pig pen of their defiance and recognize how far they've fallen from God. Now, the second step Jeremiah outlines for his people is to recognize the reasons for their misery. He says here in verse 13, this was for the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests. We were told that these leaders were spiritually blind, verse 14. Frankly, it's a a sad day when the spiritual and religious leaders of any nation are blind to the truth. When they're unwilling to tell people what's right, when they're unwilling to to condemn what's wrong, according to God's Word. Well, these leaders here in Jerusalem were corrupt, they were self-seeking, and they had led the nation astray. But don't misunderstand— uh The people are willing followers uh, they got the leaders they wanted they 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 followed the leaders they deserved. What they wanted were leaders who lived just as wickedly as as they did. Listen, you take a genuine step toward recovery when you stop blaming everybody else for your sinful choices. you stop following leaders who simply accommodate your sinful lifestyles. See, Jeremiah doesn't want the people to continue playing any kind of blame game here. They have no one to blame, really, but themselves. You know, it's often said that if God seems far from you, it isn't because he moved. It's because you moved. Your sin pushed you away from the Lord. Well, Jeremiah wants the people here to remember how far they've fallen. He wants them to recognize the reason for their their misery, that God hasn't moved, they did. Now Jeremiah offers a third step here in the path to restoration. He invites them to reach out for the forgiveness of God. This final chapter of Lamentations is another poem. Uh, This poem is is actually a prayer. It's spoken by Jeremiah, but it happens to be a, a model prayer for the people to follow. You can't pray this prayer, by the way, unless you admit your sin and humbly accept the consequences of that sin. But neither can you pray this prayer without understanding that there's hope. There's hope for the future. Now, we can break down this prayer into two sections. Uh, Section number one is a request for the Lord to remember their suffering. And and there's nothing wrong with telling the Lord everything you're experiencing as you suffer, even though it's because of discipline. Section number two, or part two, is a request that the Lord restore their standing. So section uh, one, part one, that begins here in verse one. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. They describe it in verse two. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers our homes to foreigners in other words look lord we we've lost everything we don't own anything anymore we are entirely at the mercy of the babylonians verse 4 says we must pay for the water we drink verse 9 adds we get our bread at the peril of our lives Verse 13 says, young men are compelled to grind at the mill and boys stagger under loads of of wood. These are harsh conditions uh, to their lives. Now, verse 15 describes uh, all of it in one very brief statement. Listen to this. The joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing has been turned to mourning. Maybe you can identify with them. Maybe right now where you are, your dancing has turned into mourning. Your sin has brought you to a very low place in life, and and you realize it, it isn't your parents' fault, it isn't your spouse's fault, it isn't your attorney's fault, it isn't your employer's fault, it isn't even God's fault. You realize, like the prodigal son, that you've gotten where you are by your own choices in life. But let me encourage you, while you're down there in that pig pen, so to speak, where the prodigals live, you might be wondering the same thing the people of Judah wondered as they prayed here in verse 20. God, why do you forget us forever? Well, you might be wondering if God has forgotten all about you, and he's going to forget about you forever. Well, God doesn't forget like we do. God doesn't suffer from memory loss like we do. The words in this prayer imply this request. This is a reaching out to God to act on their behalf. That action is described here in verse 21. Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. Well, this prayer request indicates true and genuine repentance. They've done what they can and should. Now God is the only one who can restore them. And he will, in fact, the only thing that could keep God from answering their request is if, as verse 22 says, he has utterly rejected them. And, well, we know that impossible because God will be faithful to his promises. He's going to be faithful to his people. I wonder today if God is dealing with your heart. Maybe this particular wisdom journey has discovered you. You're far from God. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to encourage you to do that right now. Call out to him for salvation and forgiveness. And let me tell you, he'll keep his word. His promise is this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans ten thirteen. Well, if you're a Christian who strayed from the Lord in disobedience and you've been learning some hard lessons from experience, follow these same steps that lead to restoration. First, remember how far you've fallen. Second, recognize the reason for your misery. And then third, reach out, call out for the forgiveness of God and he will hear and answer your prayer. Well, with that, we come to the conclusion of this little book of Lamentations. Until our next wisdom journey together, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: That was a lesson Stephen entitled, The Path to Restoration, here on The Wisdom Journey. I want to remind you that these daily lessons are recorded in video format, and you can watch them each day on the Wisdom International YouTube channel. If you'd rather watch than listen, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And either way, join us next time as we continue the wisdom journey.